Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. And thanks to our super producer, Casey Pegram. Our guest producer, Andrew Howard. And I guess thanks to the British. This this is a weird one. This is the epitome of ridiculous. I'm Ben. Yeah, it is Ben. I'm Noel. Um, yeah, it's uh, I, it's ridiculous for, for multiple reasons. First and foremost being the name of the thing. Uh, let's go ahead and get it out of the way. Today's episode is about a weapon that sounds like it came out of a Dr. Seuss book, uh, not only in the name, but also in the design. Uh, it was called the Grand Panjandrum. Yes, the Grand Panjandrum, which uh, through a series of bizarre events is an actual word today. It's one that I had not heard before we began researching today's episode. Uh, it, it reminded me of, it felt like, it, yeah, Dr. Seuss works. It felt like it would also maybe be in a Rudyard Kipling poem. Uh, this, if you were to categorize ridiculous history episodes by genre, this would squarely be in the genre of who on earth thought this was a good idea. So, who greenlit this picture? Right, right. So war has a long and storied history of sparking invention. It's a horrific thing uh, that leads to atrocities, but it also leads to remarkable breakthroughs, at least to some of the most extraordinary moments of human ingenuity. War has given us countless medical breakthroughs, countless technological breakthroughs. The, the list goes on. But one thing that you will know very well if you are a longtime listener of Ridiculous History or stuff they don't want you to know 
is that <laughs> the success rate for unorthodox ideas is very, very low. For every nuclear bomb, every working plane, let us assure you folks, there are hundreds, if not thousands of other ideas that should have never left the drawing board. Yeah, you're talking about innovation and war yielding such incredible technological advancements and like the triumph of the human spirit and problem solving and creating new paths to, you know, cultural and dominance as a species. Well, this ain't one of them. The panjandrum. <laughs> it's not. It basically looks like a giant industrial spool. Like you might see like wire attached to or perhaps like, you know, rigged up to a giant crane or something like that. Uh, but what it essentially is, is a, a rolling bomb. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and like when we say rolling bomb, that doesn't I mean it, it wasn't like it wouldn't explode as it, I mean, it would, I guess. Each like step on the, the wheel had a rocket that would shoot as it rolled. And I'm assuming that would also propel it and make it go faster, but also like in a line, it reminds me of that circle-shaped ship in uh, Prometheus that everyone ragged on it because like the woman just running in a straight line from a circle-shaped ship that's coming after her. She could have just sidestepped one way or the other and been totally fine. But, you know, it would have robbed us of all that amazing drama. But, yeah, how did the Panjandrum Project come to be in the first place for this, like, rolling rocket bomb? Yeah, yeah. So the rockets were meant to propel the wheels, and they could make it go pretty fast. But there were, there were some basic problems of physics, similar to that boat we talked about that would just fire off and then send itself <laughs> spinning the circle in boat. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, this this came about due to desperation and fear. We'll talk a little more in detail about this, but essentially during World War II, the Nazi party and Hitler, they they were creating this gigantic wall, this barrier that would prevent allied forces from moving further into Europe. So the eggheads got together, and the British scientists and military minds of the day, and they said, we need something to break through this thing, this concrete Atlantic wall, and we need it to make a large enough break in the wall such that tanks can drive through. So, you know, we've articulated the problem, they said. So now we know what we need to try to solve. And that's how the great panjandrum came to be. They said, we can use machinery uh, instead of just throwing young British men at the problem and, you know, racking up a butcher's bill. So their, their intentions were good, which is very important for you to know as we get into just what a dumb idea this was. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. 
You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. So let's say it's a little after 1940s. Adolf Hitler and co. have overrun France and several other Western European countries. And Hitler, or more likely one of his his handlers, uh, knows that the Allies are going to try to invade the European continent, attack through those occupied countries, destroy the Nazi regime. They just didn't know when this would happen. They didn't know where this would happen, and there was a huge battle of spycraft to give uh, fake communication and mislead the other side. So that's why Hitler said, you know what? China had it right. We're going to build a wall. And they ended up building the world's second, I, I believe it is, the second largest fortified barrier. That's right. Second only, of course, to the Great Wall of China, which is 5,500 miles long. Um, have you ever visited the Great Wall of China, Ben? I know you've traveled in Asia uh, plenty. I have not yet visited. It's on my list. Although our uh, friend of the show and co-host of Stuff Mom Never Told You in Saver, Annie Reese, has visited China, has seen the Great Wall, and has some fantastic stories about it. Isn't it true that you can see it from satellite imagery because it's such a it creates like a pattern because it's so large? Yeah, you made an important distinction there, Noel. There, there's a myth that says you can see the Great Wall of China from space, and that is true that you can see it from a satellite. But if you're an astronaut, you probably won't be able to see it without technological aid. If you squint a little bit, that fuzzy thing down there, maybe it's the Great Wall. No, it's true. Yeah, you can even look it up on Google Earth and and see it. Pretty impressive stuff. This German uh, Atlantic barrier was not nearly as impressive, but it still had its charms uh, in that it was made of seven foot thick concrete and it uh, spanned the entire European coastline or at least a, a pretty large portion of it. And Britain's Navy 
was looking for, like we said, a way of crashing through this thing and and being able to let the troops through. And, and you know, with all the, uh, the accoutrement that goes along with that, including tanks and weaponry. And to do this, they developed this thing called the Great Panjandrum, uh, which, just to be a little more specific, if you don't have, already have a good mental image of it, it's two 10-foot-tall wheels. They're linked by, like, a fulcrum kind of situation. But again, like, I think a spool is the best way of referring to it, or like a double-sided wheel. And it's linked by this drum that carried 4,000 pounds of explosives. So the rockets were exclusively for propulsion to make it just blast forward at a breakneck speed. And then I'm assuming, Ben, that the impact is what would cause the detonation. Yeah, once it hits that barrier, that would cause the explosion. In their defense, the rockets did actually propel this contraption I would call it a contraption at highway speed. And everybody was on board with this. Everybody said we should at least build it and test it out because this could be a quick, efficient way to storm the beach. We can save people's lives. This idea comes from a British wing commander named C.R. Finch Noise, a name I quite like. He had already earned some stripes as a designer because he created the dam buster bouncing bombs that the Royal Air Force used to uh, wreck two German dams in 1943. When they started building the Panjandrum, Finch Noise was inspired by a nonsensical piece of prose from an 18th century dramatist named Samuel Foote. Foot with an E. And he was like kind of a Lewis Carroll, Edward Lear sort of dude. He wrote the following passage, which we are going to edit a little because, as the internet says, it aged like milk. And here's what we did we do a whimsical voices too. So she went to the garden to cut a cabbage leaf to make an apple pie. At the same time, a great she bear coming up the street pops its head into the shop. What? No soup? So he died. And she very imprudently married the barber. And there were present the blank, let it that word, the job lilies and the garu lilies and the great panjandrum himself with the little round button at top. And they all fell to playing the game of catch as catch can till the gunpowder ran out at the heels of their boots. What? Such whimsy and low key racism uh, mm-hmm. with that word you took out. People can probably it kind of sounds like picnic let's just put it that way yeah if, you, if you're looking for what that word might be a, a weird one to be sure but but sort of jumbled in with all these nonsense words uh it actually it's funny that you said lewis carroll type figure ben when i, I said at the top of the show this thing sounded like something out of a uh a Dr. Seuss book, it also kind of sounds like something that could have been in, like, the Jabberwocky, you know? Like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. The great panjandrum himself. But it, it literally sounds like they're describing, or he's describing sort of what ended up being the kind of mechanic behind the thing, right? Till the gunpowder ran out of the heels of their boots, which makes me think of, like, you know, having rocket boots or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. This word is described by the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary, as something that was coined in 1754 or 55 by foot to test the memory of one of his fellow actors, a guy named Charles Macklin. Macklin had bragged that he could repeat absolutely anything after only hearing it once. And so the story goes, Foote made this up to test him and say like, well, how do you do with nonsense words, my pal? (laughs) And eventually, panjandrum 
which started as a joke, a nonsense word, became a household word. And now OED has a kind of tricky definition for it because mockery is built into it. Like it's supposed to be a joke word, even though it's a real word, which is kind of weird. Right. So the official definition in the Oxford English Dictionary is a mock title for a mysterious, frequently imaginary personage of great power or authority, a pompous or pretentious official, a self-important person in authority. Kind of reminds me of like the Great Gazoo from uh, from the Flintstones. Remember the Great Gazoo? Oh, he was like, barely. He, he was a- like an alien. He was like a little green alien guy, and he hung oh, out yeah. with Fred Flintstone and could like tell the future and stuff. And yeah, the Great Pandandrum probably hung out with the Great Gazoo. It reminds me of uh, Grand Pooba. That also could be, yeah, for sure. That was, yeah, in the, in the, the royal order of the, of the water buffalo. So then the word kind of, uh, as words do, grew to have its own meaning, from complete nonsense word to, you know, official entry in the Oxford English Dictionary to now a new meaning, which was a ceremonial fuss or formality, rigmarole, affair. I am definitely using this in my next work meeting. I'll be like, you know, we've got a lot of panjandrum going on right oh, seriously. now. Seriously, yeah. It's a real pandemic of panjandrum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, this has become a, a great panjandrum. This meeting has devolved into a great panjandrum. I like it. No, it's fun. We learn, we're learning stuff here on Ridiculous History. And then, of course, you know, it, it became this weird weapon that looked like a giant, like, sewing spool, you know, with dynamite inside of it and rockets to propel it forward at, uh, at great speeds. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. So in 1943, near the end of the year, the directorate, which is, what is that, Ben? That's like a formal name for like leadership of the British Army. The Directorate of Miscellaneous Weapons Development. Ah, love that sounds, that's so British sounding. They began to test out prototypes in London and actually hauled it in a giant truck to, what? What is Westward Ho? Westward Ho is the actual name of the village. That's amazing. It has an exclamation mark in it. Yes. 
Okay, sorry, I, I don't. I wouldn't have usually let that go through me sounding so confused, but I think it actually uh, works here because, yeah, I, I thought, wait, was that like the name of the trucking company or something? Sure. You know what? No, yeah, Westward Ho! Exclamation mark! I adore it, and yeah, it was a seaside village in, in southern England. Much like where the Allies stormed the beach, would go on to storm the beaches at Normandy. Yeah, it makes sense to test it there because the geographical conditions are similar, at least. So the Panjandrum is a big thing. It's not super easy to move if the rockets aren't lit. It has those two wheels that we're mentioning. They're each 10 feet tall, and they're rimmed with 70 cordite rockets. And these rockets are technically slow burning so that they can propel the whole contraption. Gerald Powell in The Secret War, 1939 through 1945, writes about the Panjandrum in depth. And he says that thankfully for testing, the engineers packed that drum, that axle with sand instead of explosives. (laughs) And, And Powell also notes Quote, this may be the smartest thing anyone in the project ever did. Because from the very first test, it was clear that they had some other things they needed to think through. One of the first things is that beaches and shorelines have sand. And, uh-huh. the, and sand is famously difficult to get a good purchase on. Yeah, it it really is. They probably should have tested it on like tennis courts or something like that because you really do need a solid foundation for this thing to go. Otherwise, I'm picturing it like a cartoon character running at rapid speed on a beach and digging itself into the into the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, it also makes me think of I mean, this is one of those internet famous clips, or it's even a category of clip now, where people are lighting fireworks and like a dog wants to play. And so they grab one of the fireworks in their mouths and they're running around like it's a stick, but the, the fire is one of those that shoots out the balls of fireworks. Yeah, yeah, Roman candle kind of situation. Yeah, Roman candle, that's the one. And uh, and then the rest of the family is running away from this like insanely happy terrier that has become an agent of chaos. Uh, in, <laughs> yes, exactly right. In uh, And we have a dog that plays a role in the story today. In this excellent article on Wired from 2015 about just how poorly this gadget worked. They call it the explosive equivalent of a loose garden hose at full power, if you don't account for that sand. So quickly they realized, you know, a giant two-wheeled thing just flying around shooting off rockets and exploding uncontrollably would maybe not be a huge help. It might actually make things worse because it would be as much danger to the British troops as to the German forces and the Atlantic Wall. So, yeah, a weapon you can't control, right? Is, uh, is not much of a weapon, uh, you know. Or it, again, it's like that circle ship with the cannons on all sides that was absolutely useless. At least that one would just take you for like a weird kind of theme park type ride. This one could actually literally backfire on you. Yes, yeah, it could literally backfire on you. The guy was the lead of the project at the time, Neville Shoot Norway. Mm. He amazing he said, British names. <laughs> he 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 said something I thought was logical. He said, "Why don't we just put a third wheel on it? You know, uh, more wheels will be more stability." That did not help. So then they said, "Okay, let's try to steer it with these uh, ginormous cables," but that didn't help because. Uh, Oh, I'm being unfair. It helped a little bit, but 
it couldn't make up for the problem of the rolling resistance and how it changed on the beach. So one wheel would always go faster than the other, which of course would make the whole thing turn. And the rockets were supposed to stay on the wheels. But the thing is, when it reached full speed, around 60 miles an hour, those rockets inevitably detached from the outer wheels, making them even more dangerous. They were just flying off. This thing was coming apart essentially, as soon as you turned it on. Yeah, yeah. It was not a a very pretty scene. Essentially, they realized that they'd created a monster, an unhinged, you know, explosive bull in a china shop situation that they immediately lost control over. They referred to it, uh, there's an amazing article on warhistoryonline.com that refers to it as a giant two-wheeled weapon flying around, shooting off rockets uncontrollably. Uh, That about about sums it up. It would pose easily as much danger to the Brits as as it would to the enemy. So a second test was in order. And, you know, surprise, surprise, it didn't go particularly well either. Again, the directorate, uh, in all in their infinite wisdom, made some adjustments. And then in uh, 1943, in the autumn of 1943, and then again in January of 1944, they decided to do another, like, big high-profile test to run in front of, like, the top leadership of the military. The panjandrums. Uh, the, the pan, exactly. The, the great panjandrums, indeed, themselves. So how'd that one go, Ben? Well, uh, we have a couple of quotes. You may recognize this as uh, something that you might see in America's Funniest Home Videos, unfortunately. They started the rockets blazing, and then, according to James Moore and Paul Nero in pigeon-guided missiles and 49 other ideas that never took off, quote, the panjandrum hurtled from the sea at wondrous speed, sparks flying from its rockets. But then old habits kicked in. As the rockets dislodged, the panjandrum spun, and shock replaced the confidence of those attending. Generals fled for cover. The official cameraman was almost mown down, and the panjandrum, rockets flailing, wheels ablaze, disintegrated. I, I think there's an even, uh, there's another description that I enjoy even more about this second test from an observer mm-hmm. on the scene. Noel, do you want to do the honors on this one? Oh, I'd love to, Ben. They, I mean, they really, like, you know, pulled out all the stops for this demo. They had a documentary film crew on hand, and another, an onlooker gave this account. A clamp gave. First one, then two more rockets broke free. Panjandrum began to lurch ominously. It hit a line of small craters in the sand that began to turn to starboard, careening toward the filmmaker, who, viewing events through a telescopic lens, misjudged the distance and continued filming. Hearing the approaching roar, he looked up from his viewfinder to see Panjandrum shedding live rockets in all directions, heading for him. Oh, man, what a what a moment of realization of like doom. Did, did, did he make it, Ben? The observer made it. Uh, the humans weren't harmed, but going back to my earlier reference of dogs playing with fireworks, one army officer brought his pooch with him and the, the dog saw one of these loose rockets making its merry explosive way down the beach and the dog chased it. <laughs> and the, the panjandrum, of course, didn't make it. This test was the end of the road for that, but we still aren't completely sure what happened to the dog. Some people say the dog was almost killed and narrowly escaped, and some people say 
the dog may have been the unfortunate one and only fatality of the great panjandrum. But here's the thing. Okay, so first off, this is, we have to understand the context. These people were serious. They were trying unorthodox, innovative solutions. I applaud that. I think we all can. But this is a hilariously bad idea, right? This is a quite literally ridiculous idea, but still someone brought it back at the Apple Door Book Festival of all places in 2009. I love a good book festival, Ben. The Decatur does a really nice book festival. Mm -hmm. That'll be fun to go to after everyone's all nice and vaxxed up. I look forward to that. It's a nice summer event. But yeah, the Apple Door Book Festival in uh, 2009 to mark the 65th anniversary of D-Day, a fireworks company, perfect fit here. Ben, created a, a, a small a scale model of the thing, fitted with fireworks instead of explosives, obviously. And it was uh, lit and deployed on that same beach in Westward Ho. And it went straight for about 50 meters before it fizzled out uh, 450 meters short of wh where they were hoping to get it to. So even in its smaller, more kind of level-headed version, it still didn't, didn't really do the trick. No, no. But, uh, you know, it's a th that I would argue is a good way to liven up a book festival. Right. So so there's that. And there's one little piece of epilogue. You may not have heard of the Republic of Malaysia, which is completely surrounded by territory of the U.S. It's only eleven point three acres. Uh, it's one of the smallest nations on Earth. Uh, but, yeah, it's called a micronation, right? Right, it's I a micronation. I've never heard that term before. It's not recognized. It's like the Principality of Sealand. It's not recognized by the UN or anything. But Got they've been it. working on a penjandrum for a number of years, so that might be what turns the tide and gets them uh, international recognition. I'm having a hard time finishing that sentence. I, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna happen for them. Uh, it seems like a, it's a weird one. Did, were they not paying attention to history? Did they not know what people say about history repeating itself? Well, I say Godspeed, you know, more power to them. I hope, I hope they get it right this time. But yeah, they were working on that as recently as this year or last year, rather, April 11th, 2020, the, uh, they tested the great panjandrum there for a second time at a secret weapons facility deep in the desert. And there was an original design flaw that, that had a weak axle that had been fixed since the very first test, which was in 2015. And much like this actually reminds me a lot. I remember that, that train collision race. Yeah. You know, they had like a public, it was like a thing at a fair, or like a, you know, World's Fair kind of situation. I can't remember exactly what the details were, but yeah, there was an assembled crowd watching this test. And here's the thing that makes the most sense about all this and why this would be hard. You're launching it on the ground and your calculations have to be really precise or else it's going to like go askew. That's exactly what it did. It apparently barreled right into the crowd. And much like that train situation when, you know, they collided and debris and, you know, just like shrapnel started shooting everywhere. People were leaping for safety and thankfully no one was hurt, just as, as was the case with the original. But it does not seem to have gone in the, in the way they were hoping. And I'm surprised they didn't just learn from the mistakes of the British and realize maybe this isn't the best uh, use of our time and resources. Well, perhaps they can try out some other terrible ideas from militaries of yesteryear, such as the Iceberg Navy, the Bat Bomb, or the Novgorod, which is that circular 
Russian vessel we were talking about earlier. You can read more about all of these in a great article by Mental Floss called Eight Other Bizarre Weapons That Failed Spectacularly. That is our gift to you, Navy of Molossia. Indeed. And hey, you know what? It, I, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to eat a little crow here. Um, it, it does turn out that the Molossian Navy did have two successful launches of the Panjandrum. One during an evening event uh, that went well, the the article on Molossia.org, which you can find yourself. Molossia is pretty easy. URL Molossia.org slash Navy slash Panjandrum.html. Um, so again, this is, you know, from the Micronation themselves, but the way they describe it is very grand sounding as is befitting the, the great Panjandrum. A profound success. The Panjandrum had one final test, a nighttime launch. This went spectacularly as the mighty machine charged across the desert floor, rockets blazing in the twilight. And I'd like to add, as a last word there, I am personally fascinated with Micronations. I believe our colleagues at Stuff You Should Know, uh, pals Josh and Chuck, have a great episode on Micronations. Uh, if you want to reach out and just talk with us about Micronations, I am super down. You can find us to talk about Micronations any old time you like or weird military ideas of yesteryear on our Facebook page, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you so much uh, to Casey Pegram, our super producer. Thank you to our guest producer, Andrew Howard. Thank you to our own Great Panjandrum. An actual, like, uh, unlike the Great Panjandrum, our research associate, Gabe Luzet, actually works and is spectacular. So, Gabe, if you're hearing this, thanks to you, man. Huge thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Uh, Christopher Hasiotis here in spirit. Congratulations on being a new dad for the second time. How cool is that? Um, we miss you, Christopher. And uh, once you're back, uh, we hope to have you on the show. Uh, lickety split. Um, and man, thanks to you, Ben. This has been a great couple episodes. I hope everyone enjoyed them this week, because I sure did. Pan Jan Drum indeed. That's it. That's my contribution. And it's absolutely a fitting end. Uh, we'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency, where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch, so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 